This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk. For Wednesday, February the 20th, I'm your host, D.A., and the news of the day, Manny Machado signing the monster deal with the San Diego Padres. Ten years, $300 million. Who saw this coming? Well, we knew the Padres had money to spend, but would the Pods outbid teams like the Chicago White Sox or the Philadelphia Phillies for Machado services? The Padres have been irrelevant for a while now, but now they have the face of a franchise coming in with one of the best farm systems in America. So how good can this fit be? Gary Sheffield, former Major League Baseball All-Star, joined Dan Cilio on 97.3 The Fan in San Diego where they are celebrating and said, not only is Machado a great signing, he was the best player out there, including Bryce Harper. I've always said that Manny Machado was the the best free agent out there um, because not not any disrespect to Bryce Harper's uh, Bryce Harper is a phenomenal player. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of the uh, the impact that an infielder make from shortstop sec, uh, third base position where he he can give Batista. I mean, I'm not uh, not um, Jose Tatis on uh, the time that he that he needs to develop in the minor leagues, or if he's ready, then Pachada can move to third base. So they have, he has a lot of value there to give the club the opportunity to do what they need to do for their young players. Gary, take me into the process. And when you're being courted, like you have been your entire career, they're bringing a player like you in. And in that process, I'm wondering what, what you're telling a guy like Machado if you're Ron Fowler or Peter Seidler and you're sitting there and you're A.J. Preller, what are you pitching? Are you pitching that, hey, look, this is not just going to be about the minor league system. We're going to go obviously out and also into the open market, and we're going to be a player. If you look at what the Padres have done the last two years, they spent north of $450 million with Eric Cosmer and now spending this $300 million. Is that part of the selling point, too? Because as you just said, they're not ready to win. Look at the pitching staff. I mean, they're just not ready to win this year. What's part of that process and what attracts you besides the money to a ball club? Well, I think they, they got to – of course, they're going to have a game plan of why they're doing what they're doing. But most people on the outside are look at this Pachata deal uh, going to the Padres and you have Hosmas over there and they spent on him. And now when you look at it and you look at their pitching staff and you look at their roster – most people think this is reckless. You know, it's reckless. Uh, but at the same time, they have a lot of young talent at the same time that may be able to come up to the big leagues right away and, 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 and play right away that can turn this thing around quick. 
But as a as a veteran player and a, a player that's in this situation, you sit down with the organization and you look at the roster and you see the the game plan that they have and you say, okay, am I will am I willing to be patient enough for two or three maybe four years until we start winning? Am I I'm, am I going to be patient enough and be a good teammate and good you know a good player? This is not going to hurt my numbers or anything like that then they have to assure you of that. And then by spending money don't always necessarily mean that we're trying to win, you know, in a situation later on because what things change day to day. You could have Pachado on your roster, but then something goes south over here, then you, you're going to see them trying to unload contracts and things like that. So things can change, but you have to be, have a contract set up for you to have an out to get out of it. I can see giving the edge to Machado over Harper overall because Machado's gold glove defense is certainly better than Bryce Harper's defense. But remember that Bryce has been the National League MVP. And there's always question marks about whether Manny Machado is going to hustle, whether he's going to be a leader, whether he can focus and really be the face of your clubhouse with a bunch of young guys looking up to him as a veteran presence. I'm not sure that Bryce Harper's the greatest leader either, but Machado certainly has his question marks. Neither here nor there, though, because he got his money in San Diego, and the Padres have now a marketable star. And look at the money they have spent over the last couple of off-seasons with Will Myers, then Eric Hosmer, and now Manny Machado. In New York, some are celebrating that the Yankees did not end up signing Machado It looked like the Yankees were at least in the sweepstakes throughout the offseason, but never really quite got to the big number that the Padres were willing to give out. And it sounded like Machado absolutely had interest in becoming a Yankee. So how about a pinstripe perspective? Let's go to Evan Roberts and John Jastrzemski on WFAN in New York. I think if you're the San Diego Padres, you're a team that's dying to be relevant. You're a team that's dying to make a splash. I understand why the Padres, with their loaded farm system, said we're willing to go the extra mile. They're a team that needs that sort of piece. The White Sox were a team, in my opinion, that needed that sort of piece. The Yankees did not. And I always looked at it, Evan, and I told you this yesterday. If there was a big guy to go after for the Yankees, I always thought the bigger complaint was Harper. Because you look at left field right now. Brett Gardner is a stopgap. He's not a part of the long-term fabric. And long-term in that outfield, there are more questions. You know, right now, when you look at the Yankee infield, not just in the short term, but in the long term, you've got three guys that could hold down positions for the next eight years. Miguel Andujar at third, Didi Gregorius if they re-sign him at shortstop, Glaber Torres at second. First base is a different story. That has more questions. But you have third base, shortstop, and second base that could be held down by those guys for the next eight years. The outfield has more questions. The outfield has Aaron Judge, and the outfield has Giancarlo Stanton. That's it. Aaron Hicks is a free agent at the end of the year, and I think you'd agree, and I think most Yankee fans would agree, that there'd be more of a priority on keeping Didi than there would be Aaron Hicks. No question. Right? And you hit on it with Brett Gardner, who's nothing more than a stopgap. So Harper's a better fit, not just because of the lefty thing, but because the outfield has just more questions long-term than the infield does because we just laid it out. If things go according to plan, Glaber's the second baseman for the next decade. And Duhar, and he will improve at third base. I'm confident in that because he's putting the work in. 
That's half the battle. He's going to be your third baseman for the next 10 years. And assuming they re-sign Didi, which I believe they will now, unless they want to go after Xander Bogarts, which I doubt they will. Didi's better. Well, no. I'll maybe I'll it's that Didi. he's your guy and he's left-handed. Those are the two big factors why he's better for you. He's not better. He's better for you. And that's fine. He's left-handed and he's your guy. Guess what, Evan? He's better for, for you. For a Yankee fan that's upset today. Here's what I'm going to ask him. It's a very simple question. Are you cool? Are you confident in Andujar, Didi, Torres for the years to come? And my answer is yes. I'm very, very confident in all three of those players. To the point you made on Andujar. And they're also different, which I like. They're very different. Yes, I love has got that flash to his game, which you like. And you saw why he was one of the top five prospects in baseball. And Duhar is like a Soriano, and I don't want to compare him to this guy because he's a Hall of Famer. It's unfair, but a bad ball hitter in the way that Vlad Guerrero was a bad ball hitter. And you know what? This Yankee lineup could use a guy like that. That's okay in a lineup that has a lot of high on base guys, you know, maybe some guys who don't have the highest of batting averages. I'm okay with Andujar being that guy. And then Didi with the intangibles and the leadership and the, left and the big game ability and the left-handed swing. That's the ideal Third, short, second infield that I'm looking for for years to come. That's why I've always said Machado now, great player, great talent, one of the top 15, 20 players in the sport. He deserves the money. Don't get me wrong. I've said he deserves the money, just not from this Yankee but team. it wasn't a need. And you know what, Evan? I think we're going to talk to a good majority of Yankee fans who are A-OK that he's on his way to San Diego. The Yankees' offense has always been enough to win a championship. Last year. It was enough to win a World Series. But ultimately, they were done in by running into the most complete team in all of baseball, the Boston Red Sox, who had a historic season en route to their fourth World Series championship since 2004. So for the Yankees, adding Machado is pretty much unnecessary, and you already have that crazy contract of Giancarlo Stanton on your books. And you've got the big contract of Jacoby Ellsbury. So ultimately, I think adding Giancarlo last offseason via trade was essentially the Yankees getting ahead of this offseason and the spending around Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And at $300 million for Machado, along with the $325 million that the total contract was for for Giancarlo Stanton, I just don't think that there was any appetite within the Yankees' offices of throwing another crazy contract out there with Stanton already on the books. Machado to the Padres means Machado not to Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Phillies have plenty of money to burn as well, and they've been in on both Machado and Bryce Harper. Joe DeCamera, John Ritchie, WIP in Philly, celebrating that the Phillies did not get Manny Machado. And to me, John, the they only didn't way didn't want Manny Machado maybe as much maybe as the Padres did. I love that we didn't overspend for Manny Machado. I want to overspend for Bryce Harper. There's a major difference here. Listen, they could have been posturing, but I think we all felt very secure in the idea that Bryce Harper was number one and Possibly, if Manny Machado didn't generate as much interest like for the big, big, huge Bucks contracts out there, we could even finagle a way to get both in town. But Manny Machado was always second fiddle in my mind, I think in the mind of most of the people in this town. And you're not going to pay him $300 bucks. That would be stupid. 
I'm glad that we did not overpay for a guy that we wanted second most anyway. Well, today is a great day. Yesterday, when we found out that when our when our little paper boy yep. said, you know, hey guys, look at this, Manny Machado signed. I thought, man, this is the greatest thing in the world. Not because Manny Machado is going elsewhere, but because Bryce Harper is now coming yeah. here. These See, chips have fallen. This is now facilitating movement. You know, it was a waiting game between the agents. Now that Machado's signed, Scott Boris is going to, you know, seal the deal, and we're going to get Bryce Harper here as a Philly. That, to me, means today is a great day. I'm not getting hung up on the fact that Matt Klintak said valuation and the fact that Matt Klintak said, hey, we're not going to spend $300 bucks for Manny Machado. This is so much to rejoice about. Yeah, I said I said very different. Look, you're saying it's time to mourn. Well, okay, eight 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 seventeen. I don't know if it's time to mourn. It's you're time, mourning, I'm, Joe. I'm aggravated. To me, see, a lot of people were very ho hum about the Phillies not getting Machado yesterday, and I agree with you, John. I think the fact that people preferred Harper is a big part of the reason why. But here's the way I look at it, and to me, it's very crystal clear: the Phillies better frickin' know that they are getting Bryce Harper to walk away from Manny Machado. And that means they better be willing to spend the money that it will require to get Bryce Harper if you walk away from Manny Machado. And, John, we got a report yesterday, and who the hell knows what to make any of these reports because we've been seeing them fly around for months. But we get the report from Andy Martino yesterday, and right from his Twitter, I'll read it, he says... Have been hearing lately Bryce Harper unsure about Philly. They'd better convince him for their sake. Now, <laughs> is this a guy that gets something planted <laughs> Thank from you, Scott, Scott Boris? Boris? Maybe. Maybe. But I've been telling oh, you, come on, John, man. I've been telling you the whole time that I have not been nearly as far down the track as you and many on the Phillies landing Harper because I've never gotten any sense from Bryce Harper that he actually wants to be here. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I am all for Bryce Harper in Philadelphia. With those fans and that pressure and knowing what type of potential resentment would lie in Philly if Bryce Harper did not live up to the contract, if the Phillies did not win anything with Harper, if they underachieved like the Nationals have each and every year with Harper, could you imagine the unleashing of fury from Philadelphia fans around Harper? Could you imagine the toxicity of Harper in Philadelphia. I am here for all of that. So let's just go down the checklist right now. In San Diego, they're celebrating for getting Manny Machado. In New York, they're celebrating for not getting Manny Machado. In Philadelphia, they're celebrating because they still have a chance in Bryce Harper. And in Chicago, the White Sox aren't celebrating anything. Here's Mullion Hall on 6-7 to the score in Chicago 
ripping the White Sox for not getting the deal done. My goodness gracious. There's one rule of free agency to remember. I'm going to get myself worked up, so I'm trying to calm down about it. But here's the thing. Your clever, creative way to pay a guy, hey, you know, how many, how many, we're going to shovel some money over here, and then we're going to do something over here. And look, look at my right hand. Oh, there it is. I took you all with my left hand. Your clever way, your magic act, the free agent will tell you what he wants. I want $300 million guaranteed. Guess what? They'll give it to me. Oh, well, hey, you know what we'll do here is we'll pull. Whoop. Look, at there it goes. Ha, just pulled it. Uh, oh, everything's left on the table. I got the cloth right here. No, you didn't give the. But if you account it the way that I do and you take this and, and use the number X that I created, that means we'll get, pay you the money. You'll end up getting 320 What about AAV? I want. $300 million guaranteed. Well, let me think for a second. Why don't we, uh, ha-ha, I'll shuffle over here and I'll do a little tap dance and I'll give you. What the hell were they talking about yesterday? All right, so what you're referring to the is. The free agent yeah. tells you what he wants. You don't come up with, well, we had a very creative way of maybe paying him if he had 565 at-bats when he's 96 or when our owner is 107. Mother of God. Sox were willing to go eight years, $250 million guaranteed with a $35 million option in 2027, $35 million option in 2028. The potential worth of their total package was $320 million, which is why Kenny Williams sat there and Rick Hahn supported him in saying that they believed that their offer was better. And what did he get? He got $300 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. So the the question is why they would mess around with those final two years and not guarantee. If you're willing to go as high as they are potentially with $320 million in incentives or vesting options or plate appearances, why not just make it, why not just remove the doubt? Why not if you're Jerry Reinsdorf? If you really want the guy. If you really want the guy. uh, Look, the reality of it is here, you're 83 years old and you're Jerry Reinsdorf. Okay. Why are you worried about the final two years of a 10-year contract for a a player who is a game-changer for your franchise? Now, look, this rebuild is not about one player, as Rick Hahn said, but this winner was. This, this winner, winner was all about yeah. one player. And now they're going to spend the money. They just don't know who to spend well, the money. They, who, who are they going to spend no, the money they're on? not going to spend the money. Oh, no, they said they were going to – all that well, money will the, be spent. At one point, uh-huh. yeah, well, you're going to spend $300 million sure. if you own a baseball team. You better over the next five years. You're not going to spend it in the next five days. You're not going to spend it in the next five Kenny weeks. Kenny said they have to protect the young players coming up out of contract. He said something like that. Mon- uh, anything Moncada that you hear – is five years away from free agency, and you might not want to pay him by then. Illinois hasn't even started the clock, so there's seven years there, right? Anything that you hear is going to be spin, rationalization, justification, and and explanation, but it's all going to be empty, and it's all going to be meaningless. He gets a five-year opt-out on this contract. Right. Okay? Five-year opt-out. You know what the White Sox said? We don't do opt-outs. Again, he's telling you what he wants. The rule of free agency is that you don't get to tell him what you'll give him. He tells you what he wants. That's the rule of free agency. You're not calling the shots. He is. Oh, no, we don't do an opt-out. Oh, well, fair enough then. And then you I'll know, just take your 300 and fake money contract and I'll monopolize the whole Monopoly game and I'll give you Park Place. The one thing we what don't the know. Hell? Man, it's a great point. In an offseason where the Yankees weren't willing to pony up for Machado or Harper, 
in an offseason where the Red Sox weren't in the market for either, in an offseason where the Chicago Cubs say they've got no payroll flexibility, and an offseason where the L.A. Dodgers weren't really in on either one of these guys, the White Sox got beat by the San Diego Padres. You don't come up with, well, we had a very creative way of maybe paying him if he had 565 at-bats when he's 96 or when our owner is 107. Mother of God. The White Sox got beat. I mean, the White Sox got beat by a team even more irrelevant than they are. I mean, think about how they rolled out the red carpet. They signed his in-law, his brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso. They cleared out a locker right next to Yonder Alonso. They tried to sign his friends, and they tried to give him more money than he could ever spend, and Machado still ended up in San Diego. But let's face it. He got $300 million guaranteed with a five-year out option. That out option didn't exist in Chicago, and he wasn't going to get $300 million guaranteed. He would have been over $300 million, but he would have had to hit certain appearances and certain incentive clauses. I think the guys are right. If the White Sox really wanted to go all-in on Machado, why didn't they go all-in on Machado? There's one rule. He tells you what he wants. That's the rule of free agency. You're not calling the shots. He is. Oh, no, we don't do an opt-out. Oh, well, fair enough then. So where does this leave Bryce Harper? In D.C., they are wondering if maybe there's a team lying in the weeds. Grant and Danny welcomed on baseball insider Jamal Collier on 106.7 The Fan in Washington. The talk was these guys are, are being wronged, and if he makes 300 and Bryce makes 350 or 325, that's going to be a tough argument to make. Yeah, wrong me, please. For, yeah, for, for those guys uh, specifically, yes. You know, they end up getting paid what they are in the end. I mean, I think, you know, just the idea that not enough teams, I mean, I thought it, you know, a couple of years ago, even to get into this year, when those guys hit the open market, you'd have teams almost tripping over themselves to be bidding on them. So I think just, I think that is still a problem in itself. Now, these numbers, it is, as y'all, we've been over Bryce's number's going to look like, but Machado's number is. Um, about what you would expect or what you would have wanted coming to the offseason. So I think that, yes, nobody can kind of cry foul on this particular deal. Um, but I think just the general tenor of how this free agency went is still probably not exactly, you know, I don't think where it should be, uh, where it would be afraid to be healthy for the sport. So there's still a couple players unsigned here, Jamal, and the Nats yeah. have shown a willingness to spend. I mean, nobody was going six years. No one was going that far over $100 million that the Nats did for Patrick Corbin. Might the Nets swoop and do something else kind of crazy here, a la what they did um, you know, for Max Scherzer a couple years ago, Matt Wieters, which didn't work out. But still, might they do something else here? And, and that's the biggest reason why I think that, you know, it, it sounds like almost cliche to say we don't want to rule them out. But that's, you know, because of who the player is and because of their history um, and, and history between ownership and the agent here, I think it's fair to not it completely rule them out. I just think that the one difference now between a couple of years ago is just the fact that they are right up against that luxury tax number and, and signing Bryce would, you know, certainly put them over it. And I think they just have shown they just don't seem willing to be going over that number. And I think, um, you know, it just you know, as, as much as they've, they've made moves and they've, they've had, they had a really productive offseason, the one that, you know, fans and the team here is really excited about, I think they have just really, uh, they don't want to go for a third straight year and they've kind of stopped short at every other kind of decision that they've thought about or kind of kicked around. Um, if it's going to push them over that number, they've, they've been wary of it so far. So um, it's still a chance, but I, I still am, am, am kind of not sure it's going to happen just because of, uh, you know, how close they are to that luxury tax number. Everybody, Jamal Collier is with us from MLB.com. Jamal, I, I didn't even mean Bryce. I meant like Craig Kimbrell or like Dallas Keuchel yeah. or, or somebody else that's just lingering out there. Might they swoop in and get – you know, kind of a, a sneaky last-minute deal done. 
Yeah, and again, I just don't Same know if there's any flexibility yeah. to do that. Yeah, you know, just to do it with that. And I think that Bryce is just a special case because of how they feel about him and because of the connection there. That that's the one I could see them saying, "Ah, you know what? We can live with it here." Um, but for somebody else from the outside, when they feel really good about the team they built, I, I just don't think that's very likely. Manny Machado made three hundred million. I'd assume you're with me that Bryce is going to make more than him. If that is the case, yes. how much more? I mean, to me, I, I now put him into a. 315 to 325 kind of floor area at this point. Yeah, and that's and this is me speculating here. I don't, I'm never you know necessarily sourcing this, but that's roughly about what I thought. Uh, I saw 300 for for Manny. I thought that something around 320, some 330 maybe being the peak in there, but 320 is just probably what I thought that if Bryce uh, gets, you know, he probably feels really really good about. But yeah, I, I do expect him to be that. I always thought that Manny would would get an offer that would probably set the the kind of free agent contract record. And then Bryce would kind of shortly after uh, beat it. And now I just kind of hope we're uh, corrected. This thing is coming soon. Could that mystery team be the Washington Nationals? Could it end up that Bryce Harper ends back with the Nets? Probably not. All signs point to the Philadelphia Phillies being the team that finally lands Bryce Harper. And who knows? Maybe that immediately vaults the Phillies into contention in the National League, maybe makes them a World Series contender, and certainly there will be plenty of people loving that signing in the city of brotherly love. But maybe, like the Padres, there's a different team out there that could snap up Bryce Harper. We saw what this signing did. Everybody around the country talking about it today. Same thing would happen, and maybe more so, when Harper finally decides where he is going to play. And finally, we will wrap up with a story about the Alliance, which kind of feels like it's now a daily routine. Yesterday, $250 million of an investment heads to the AAF, courtesy of Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon. He joined the clubhouse with Kyle Bailey in Charlotte on the fan, WFNZ. Why did Dundon pledge a quarter of a billion dollars? Well, part of it has to do with his kids loving fantasy football. Why the AAF and, and why such a sizable chunk of change? Well, the, the reason for the league is, you know, after I saw the quality of the football and the entertainment value, how it looked on TV at some of their tech, it, it, you know, Americans love football. So it seemed it seemed pretty interesting and compelling. And, and the size of the money is just to make sure we never have to worry about doing the right thing. So whether it's technology we need or expanding markets, you know, whatever the needs are of the business, I wanted to make sure we have the capital to do it right. Tom, did you save the league financially? I mean, the reports have it that they, they needed the cash and, and you brought it to their doorstep. Are, are those accurate? You know, I, I can't really. Obviously, when you're in some sort of negotiation, they're all, people are always going to say that there's other people interested, right? So I, I can't know perfectly what was happening away, the conversations that were happening away for me. I just, I just know what I was willing to do. Um, and, you know, they took my money, so I guess. <laughs> I guess they might have needed it if they took it. Now, I, I know you're a businessman, obviously a very successful one. It seems like a lot of what you did and, and the way you got your start was golf-related. Obviously, Top Golf and uh, Trinity Forest and, and the Byron Nelson now. how Did you foresee yourself getting into football at some point? I mean, again, you have to forgive my ignorance on some of how you got to the Hurricanes in the first place, but you know, did you always want to be in sports? How did you find yourself here? Yeah, I think you know when I, I, I was fortunate in my business that I got to a point where you know, I could stop working full time, and the next thing I wanted to do was try to get into the sports business. That seemed like something I would enjoy, and I would enjoy it. You know, I've got my kids, and maybe it's something they'd be interested in. I have two high school boys, and 
they play fantasy football like is more important to them than any everything else they do and so you know to have things you can do with your children is to me seems like a good idea and so my first idea was looking at the NFL or maybe the NBA or and I went down that path and it, it turned out I bought the hockey team uh, and you know now I'm really glad I did I it's I, I, I really enjoy it. I like the people, and I like being involved with it. So it, I didn't set out to buy a hockey team, but I knew I wanted to be own a sports team. So, so I, and I'm, I'm going to throw this at you, too, because, I'm again, just learning the team and being very excited with what I've seen, and the, the celebrations are awesome. Like, I love the fact that this team just looks to be fun, right? And sports are supposed to be fun. But this is an organization that prior to you getting there, you know, still has a prolonged uh, streak of not making the postseason, um, you know, that has, you know, has had difficulty drawing fans, uh, drawing big crowds. D- is your intention to keep that team in Raleigh? I know you've talked about this before. Do you want to keep that team and grow it in Raleigh? Yeah, absolutely. I like it there. I think the fans care. You know, my coach is a pretty big asset and he lives there. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, that's, that's the goal and we're working, we're working towards that for sure. What in the calculus that you, when you were figuring out this investment for you, which is a major investment, what in the calculus did you decide, hey, the quality not only is there, uh, but it, it will continue to be there, or what needs to happen to get the quality to where you want it to be long-term? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at what they did, maybe there's the reason this opportunity presented itself to me. They spent a lot of time and money on that quality. And so the first time should have been the hardest, right? That first week should have been the, the worst football they'll ever play, and it was really good. And so... Um, I, I'm not even, I'm not worried about it because we have the people in place that are good at this. And so now we just got to keep getting better. All right. Now I'm not so certain that because your son's like playing fantasy, it's a great reason to invest in a football league that costs a quarter of a billion dollars. But look, I'm happy about it. We talked about this yesterday. Do not shame Tom Dundon. Love him. Okay. Love him up because For the time being, he saved the Alliance of American Football, which has proven to be a very fun league week in, week out, at least through the first two weeks. You know, they took my money, so I guess guess they might have needed it if they took it. So our hats are off to you. Today, we will salute Tom Dundon with this episode of Around the Dial. Today's Around the Dial presented by Tom Dundon and his remarkable investment in spring football and the league we all love here on Around the Dial. That will do it. The best in your sports talk for Wednesday, February the 20th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 